What up, y'all? Welcome back to Indie Analysis. It's a good time. Today, we're going to be talking about the Utah Jazz. I'm your host, Jonathan Fridline. And I am Alan J. Pantian. And like Fred said, we're talking about the Utah Jazz. And before we get into things, this is going to be a quicker episode just because there's... Uh, You'll see, you'll see, you'll see. I'll just pass it back to Fred for the last <laughs> yeah. stuff. I appreciate that. Nice little toss back. So let's talk about their roster last season, like we normally do. Starting five looking like Mike Conley at the one. Then, you know, Spider, Donovan Mitchell at the two. Royce O'Neal, Bojan Bogdanovich. Was it Bojan Bogdanovich? Bojan. Bogdanovich. Right, Bojan, yeah. yeah. And then Rudy Gogert, really good Rudy Gobert, the, fr- <laughs> the Frenchman, whatever whatever you want to call him. And then off the bench, you got players like Jared Butler, Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles, Rudy Gay, and Hassan Whiteside. Allen hinted at it already, but the Utah Jazz are entering what's called rebuild mode, sell mode, uh, pick your poison, it doesn't matter. Because, as you might know if you follow the NBA in any aspect, one of the biggest offseason moves this year has been Rudy Gobert being traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves, which kind of clues us into, yeah, the Utah Jazz are selling, rebuilding, whatever. So, really, like, so we're not going to spend that much time talking about their previous season because they're going to be a 100% completely different team this year. So it doesn't make much sense. But this is all I really want to say. We have some of their statistics, major team st- statistics laid out. And one kind of thing that I've noticed, they're like very mid. Like they're pretty like that's the only word I can think like think yeah. to describe the Utah Jazz. Like three point percentage, offensive points per game, points per game, field goal percentage, bench points per game, like all these stats, they're literally like fifteen through ten for all of them. Like there's there's no glaring Positive, no glaring negative, unless you could say assists per game. They were like 27th in the league. So I guess the Jazz realized, like, hey, this roster that we had last year, very mid, very not title contender esque. So the front office is like, hey, let's do, let's rebuild, let's do some moves, and that's exactly what they did. So that's that's all I got for their 2021-2022 season. Yeah. I will say just just a quick point. One actually like really good set they had is that they were first on offensive rating with 116, but as we saw yes. in the playoffs, their defensive rating, their defense was their Achilles heel per se, and that they could not guard Jalen Brunson, they could not guard Luka Doncic, they could not guard a soul out there leaving Rudy Gobert on an island trying to help, but also at the same time cover the corner. So. That was that was kind of their downfall. They had no really good perimeter defenders, just good offensive players. But that was pretty much it. So that's that's the that was the problem with the Jazz last year in the playoffs. That was that's a Jazz recap in about a minute thirty. <laughs> yep, that's Indian analysis. We're done. Nah. So everyone go on Instagram. Go. <laughs> <laughs> got got you guys there. But all right. So like Fred said, we're not going to spend a lot of time on the encore stuff. We're just going to hop in right into the offseason moves that they have made and what they should do. And so let's start with free agency. Um, they haven't made any notable free agent signings. They lost Juancho Hernan Gomez, which is uh, as Bo you guys, Cruz. Bo Cruz. That's uh, that that's an automatic L in my book. Dude, you can't, you can't can't lose Bo Cruz. 
They have no shot now. Moving on to the trades, like Frederick said, they dealt Rudy Gobert to the Timberwolves, and I don't think you guys can, like, I don't think I can over-exaggerate how big of a finesse this was for the Jazz, and then that they finessed the Timberwolves heavily. Danny Ainge, first-class finesser. First-class mm. finesser, for sure. But So let me, let me tell you the deal. They got four rotational players in Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Leandro Bolomaro, who I think he's a rookie or he's going to sophomore year, and uh, Walker Kessler, who I think is a rookie. Jared Vanderbilt, who I, I think he's pretty underrated. He's a versatile defender, a young player who can definitely develop into a nice player. But they also got four, four first-round picks and oh, one pick swap, which is basically another first-round pick. So five first-round picks just for Rudy Gobert. Dude, that's so. like as many like things as I have fingers. Yeah, so for Rudy Gobert, okay, for no, Rudy for no, Rudy Gobert. So I don't no like no shade to Rudy Gobert, but how, how many defensive players of the year does he have? Three, three. So three. Yes, he's elite on the defensive yeah. end. Maybe generational talent on that end of the floor. Generational talent rim protector. But then he's, you know, all star caliber on the offensive end. No, nothing glaring. Is that player worth four rotational players and four? I don't know, and, and the Timberwolves already have Cat, which we, we, we will get to in the Timberwolves episode that they Cat does like to play the four. They could slide him up, but they already yeah. have a, center, a bona fide center, and they have Nas Reed off the bench. So it's like, eh, do they really need... And they're losing Patrick Beverly, their MVP of the uh, the playing game. So <laughs> I, I want to I know what they're doing. So it's like, okay, the if it works, it works. Off. But if it doesn't work... If it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. So I, I don't know what the Timberwolves are doing, but I would laugh big, so big hard. steal. And the thing about these first round picks is that since it, if the Timberwolves, let's say they don't pan out, and by some like curse in Timberwolves history, Carl Anthony Towns leaves, Anthony Edwards leaves, whatever happens, and the Timberwolves are awful, their entire future is mortgaged to the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz will own the Timberwolves for the next four or five years or whatever the picks are. So that's a big risk there. So, I don't know, big big gamble for the Timberwolves, but good finesse sure. for the Utah Jazz. For sure. So, moving on to the second trade, they traded Royce O'Neal for a first-round pick. And as you can see with these two trades, they're just definitely going to selling slash rebuilding mode. And um, they're looking to, we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit, definitely get that first overall pick for a special player coming up in the next year's draft. So, yes. And finally, uh, we kind of just want to talk about Donovan Mitchell because he is the last remaining all-star caliber player that they could definitely get a lot of draft capital with, especially from a team like the Knicks, who are who have not made the best trades in the past few years, in the past few seasons. So. Knowing, knowing their track history, yeah. But yeah. so Donovan Mitchell is a player who could very, very well be in a different uniform at the start of next season. Mm-hmm. And if the Jazz continue to go with this trend, like, hey, we're rebuilding. Sorry, like, let's just start completely new. Yeah. Like, Donovan Mitchell, you're you're great for us. Gave us 25, 30 points per game. But obviously, it's kind of like a Damian Lillard type situation with him in Portland. Like, Donovan Mitchell, I don't, it's rude to say he's wasting his career in Utah, especially because mm-hmm. I am a Jazz fan. Yeah. But, like, he, he's like, nothing much is. What's he going to do in Utah? That's all I'm going to say. Like, yeah. What yeah, yeah. big notably is he going to do? Yeah. Obviously, like, obviously, I could see him staying until the trade deadline because the, the uh, All-Star game is in Utah. So I could see him trying to just appease the home crowd and kind of stay there until the trade deadline. Then, like, if they're, okay. like, 
if they're not successful at all, then he'd probably ask out or leave in free agency or whatnot. Let's just let's just dive into the potential trades. Let's start with the Knicks that we just mentioned. First trade, uh, the Knicks, the Jazz could get Cam Reddish, Obi Toppin, Evan Fournier, and Trevor Keels, who I think is their rookie this year, and three at least three first round picks, and the Knicks get Donovan Mitchell. What do you think about that? Uh, the Knicks have had they they tend to do these big moves like this, kind of shipping out a lot of players. Some yeah. might say irrational moves. I don't I, I don't have a like an opinion on this deal. I I like Donovan I love Donovan Mitchell, you know, he's my boy, Utah. For yeah. life. For life. But like I said, not not much of a career here in Utah as of right now. As of right yeah. now. Yeah, the thing the thing that for New York that doesn't really make sense to me is that they just picked up a really small guard, a six one guard and Jalen Brunson in free agency. They gave him over a hundred million dollar contract. So if you're just going to pick up another 6-1 guard in Donovan Mitchell, like what is the point of signing Jalen Brunson? So it's like for 100 you know, mil. For real, exactly. So it's like you have two guards who can't defend but they can score. You have RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson and that's a that's a team that's a team good enough to make the playoffs I assume, but are they good enough to compete for a championship? I don't know right now. Def- well, against Giannis, Definitely not. no. And against yeah. Boston and Brooklyn, no. So and you could even say the Sixers. Sixers, Miami, definitely not. So I don't know what their direction is, but if they want to get down up and go for it, it's New York. Why not? Moving on to some other trades. This is we talked about this in our Miami episode, but we're just gonna reiterate it. Jazz get Tyler Hero, Nikola Jovic, Omar Year Seven, Kyle Lowry, and at least two first round picks from Miami, and the Heat could get Spider. Spider. <laughs> The Heat, the, I, I'd rather do the uh, Knicks trade if I were the Jazz because you get more, more first-round picks and younger players. But Tyler, if you want Tyler Hero, who is already a 20-point-per-game scorer for Miami, and you could give him the starting role, you could give him the keys to the franchise, have him do whatever he wants on offense, you could do that if you wanted. And you also get Nikola Jovic, who we talked about in Miami, who's a versatile player, and Omer Yurtseven, who's also a young, pretty versatile center. So Yeah, but the, the only problem I have with this trade is We've said it before, like we said a thousand times, but I'll say it again. They're kind of in re- rebuild mode. Like that's yeah. that's what they're doing right now. You can see that shipping off Gobert again, four first round picks in return. Yeah. And then you get players like Kyle Lowry, who's nearing like veteran like veteran time in his career. He, yeah, he I know, is, you could say he's a veteran, yeah. Yeah, I like I know it's always useful, it's always helpful to have that veteran court leader facilitator. Mm-hmm. Who's a proven all-star? He's been there before. He has a championship. It's those guys are always, uh, th- those guys are always necessary—not necessary, but helpful. Important, yeah, for the team. For sure. Important for sure. But I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm not in the front office for the Jazz, so I don't know where the minds are. If they're completely rebuilding, or maybe get bits and pieces here, like a Kyle Lowry type player. Yeah. So that's that's the only eyebrow that I have raised here. Yeah. Maybe they just get Kyle Lowry and have him just be like more of a mentor role, have him come off the bench or something. Because they yeah, still have exactly. Mike Conley. They still have Mike Conley. So maybe have him or my, and Mike Conley kind of share that starting point guard role and him just be a mentor. And maybe they flip him at the deadline for more for more uh, trade assets or some just to get rid of that salary. So Reminds me of like a, like a Ricky Rubio situation with Cleveland. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, for sure. These last two trades, they're kind of – they're less – plausible and more kind of like hypothetical i guess you could say but the jazz could get tyrese maxi tobias harris and two first round picks from 
uh, the 76ers, and Philly gets Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gay. And obviously we've said it, the Jazz are in rebuild mode, but if they wanted a young player and another pretty decent player to kind of also compete, but like be the middle of the pack kind of thing, be a playing team maybe, they could get Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris and some more draft capital while Philly gets another super another offensive superstar to complement James Harden and Joel Embiid. Like, I, I don't really have much to say because I really don't see it happening. Yeah, uh, I agree. The, the 76ers are in the process of falling in love with Tyrese Maxey. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's kind of a meme now, but they did the Sixers did famously choose to pay Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I know time has passed, but I don't really know what their stance on on him. So yeah, but. they might want to write that contract out just because they paid him. So for real, just to be like, just to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably the the least likely out of out of all the trades. But this next trade, I find I found really really interesting when I was putting it to together. The Jazz could get Jamal Murray from the Nuggets, who is just coming off an injury. At least first one first-round pick and a couple second-round picks, maybe, or maybe some pick swaps. And Denver gets Donovan Mitchell. So if you think about it, Denver gets an offensive superstar who's probably better than Jamal Murray at this current point in time. An offensive superstar who, who is willing to work on the defensive end. He's not physically that, like, he's not like a 6'7 player who can guard three or one through four or something like that he's a six one guard who will try on defense but he's not the most capable defender but he does put a lot of effort on that side of the floor but his offense kind of makes up for that so i think he'd be a great compliment to joker and jamal murray could have his own team and he's still he's still like i think 24 or 25 so he's just entering his prime right now so they could let they could let him kind of do his own thing and they get a little bit more draft capital yeah i I actually like this trade a lot. Like I, I know I don't know how plausible it is or yeah. possible of it happening, but I, I do like this trade. I do like y- the idea of Utah getting a young, mm-hmm. um, a young star, not a, star, a young borderline All Star type player in Jamal yeah. Murray. I know it's always a risk. Uh, players coming off of injuries, mm-hmm. but that's just the risk you gotta take when you're rebuilding, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's hard to. Just imagine now, play out these hypotheticals. I guess we could do it on 2K or something. Maybe. <laughs> I, I, I've never lost to you, so. so to, uh, Bro. If you <laughs> I'll, I'll, play, me, I'll even play Utah. I'll even play as Utah. Come if on. If you now. give me the Denver Nuggets, if you give me Nicole Jokic, I will not lose. I will cat. not lose. That's cat, bro. Do you not remember I played you with the Cavs and Kyrie every one player of the game? And I still beat I you with Michael Jordan? 50. Uh, Jordan, dro- Jordan dropped Jordan drop 92, bro. All right, you didn't have to say that. You didn't have to say that. <laughs> yeah, that was the prime Jordan. That was, like, that was like 88 Jordan, so I, I don't know what to I say. Everyone played the game and dropped 50 on you. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, so speaking of players who could drop 50, I want to quickly talk about this upcoming prospect from France, I think it is, Victor Wenbayana. He's gotten a lot of uh, uh, media spotlight. In recent yeah. history, so he and I think he definitely deserves it. He is like, think about like a Kevin. Dur- I don't. I hate comparing players to Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant. Because they Durant. happen a lot. Yeah, and NBA like, analysts just see a tall, skinny guy with a somewhat of a jump shot. Be like, oh, Kevin Durant. Yeah, yeah. But this guy is like, he's set. He's they they list him as seven foot two or three, but he's more like seven foot five or six. Uh, if you see him, 
if he's standing, if you see him standing. He's got insane ball handling. He can dribble. He's got a tight handle for for his height. He can stretch the floor. He can finish with length. He can finish with uh, soft touch. And he's a great rim protector. He's very agile on defense and very agile on the fast break. So he seems to be like a unicorn type of prospect. Victor Winabayana, his name. He is kind of the embodiment of new the new age NBA with these stretch four, stretch fives, big men that are starting to develop more skill, like develop more skills. Like yeah. today, I just saw a clip of Steven Adams, like shooting and like making three pointers. Like, cause that's just where we are yeah. in the league. But this kid, this young night, literally like what, 19, 20 year old kid, 18 year old, 18, Dude, he's like, a, he's, he's a year older than us. That's like crazy. That's, that's stupid. <laughs> that is stupid. And he's not yeah. just playing like just random rec teams in France. Like he's balling up on the international stage against. For sure. I think he played Chet Hol- Holmgren a couple times yeah. against USA basketball. Dominated, dominated Chet, bro. Was... Like this dude is literally seven foot six. Just as a reference, the tallest player in NBA history is like seven seven and a half. Yeah. Like this dude is like one of the tallest players of all time. And I know it's too early to say, but like kind of like shows like a handle on a jump shot like Kevin Durant. Mm. That's that's kind of scary. That's scary. And like, like with elite, for, yeah, yeah. with elite rim protecting skills, that's spooky. If I'm the Jazz, I, I I think my actions are completely justified. If you're getting a generational, a potential generational prospect like Victor Wembanyama, yeah. So we just want to touch up on that, give a reason why the Jazz are rebuilding, and yeah, we will Not see a reason. few other rebuilding teams like maybe OKC, San Antonio, Houston, looking to get this guy. And yeah, I, I would not blame them. He's he is definitely a fantastic prospect. So that just about so, does it for Utah. Like we said, a shorter episode. So hopefully yeah. you enjoyed it. And Fred, you want to shout out the gram? Follow. This, it's not a request anymore. It's kind of a demand. So <laughs> Actually, no, no, no. That's too strong. We, we, no, no. It's definitely it's more of a. Guys. It's more of a, a slight, a highly suggested. Highly. <laughs> Follow at the Pick and Roll Podcast. Don't forget the underscore. Don't forget the underscore. No spaces. That's a wrap. That's a wrap.